0: Welcome to Creative MKE, a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gasparca. Hey there, listeners. This week on Creative MKE, I spoke with Ashley Jordan and Christopher Gilbert from Black Arts MKE. Ashley is the Director of Arts and Cultural Programming, and Christopher is the choreographer of the production of Black Nativity, which will be performed at the Marcus Center from December 8th through 11th in the Wilson Theater at Vocal Hall. The play by Langston Hughes is directed by Demonte Henning and it's just one of the many productions put forth by Black Arts MKE a nonprofit arts organization with the mission of increasing the availability and quality of African American arts and culture they execute their mission by inspiring creativity in at-risk youth through culturally relevant arts programming providing Milwaukee-based artists of color with employment access Visibility and development opportunities through high quality public performances, and strengthening community through engagement and quality arts partnerships. In the course of our conversation, we touched on how Black Arts MKE and this production of Black Nativity are achieving all of those aims. It was so clear from listening back to the conversation A, that my head cold is really persisting. Just kidding, but seriously, more importantly, it was so clear from listening back to our conversation how passionately Ashley and Christopher are about the work they do. They understand that the transformative power of the arts as a performer and an audience member does not end when the curtain closes and applause subsides. They both shared with me about their upbringings and how leaning into performance early empowered them to exercise their voices, take up space with purpose and translate those lessons beyond the stage. It inspired them to become educators and eventually begin working with Black Arts MKE. I hope you'll listen on to hear, among many things, their important reflections on representation, the purpose that can be accessed through performers viewing art as more than just steps or choreography, the village of supporters who made this production possible, and the relevance, realness, and joy that they believe audience members will tap into through the production, no matter where they're coming from. If you enjoy and appreciate this kind of coverage of Milwaukee's arts and cultural landscape, take a moment, if you would, to subscribe to Creative MKE wherever you stream your podcasts, or go ahead and leave a rating or review, or even share the episode with a friend. Thanks so much for being here, and thank you to the Shepherd Express for supporting Creative MKE. And now, a little bit more about our guests. Ashley S. Jordan is ecstatic to be a part of Black Arts MKE as the Director of Arts and Cultural Programming and 2022 Black Nativity as Assistant Director. She prides herself on creating art that will evoke thoughts and actions in the mind, body, and spirit. She is vibrantly vested in producing and creating a space for artists of color to not only perform, but attend and experience a presence of opportunity. She values the work and ongoing tradition Black Arts MKE is building and continues to set the tone for creative greatness. Christopher Gilbert is from the north side of Milwaukee and began teaching his own dance classes by the age of 14. His first introduction to the industry was acting and dancing with the Nickelodeon show Yo Gabba Gabba, which helped instill in him a new perspective on life. After touring and working on the TV show in LA, he transitioned back to Milwaukee so that he could invest back into the community. In 2013, Christopher went full-time as an educator, musician, and motivational speaker. Since then, he has choreographed for Black Arts MKE, First Stage, Wisconsin Lottery, And has coached the grand dancers for the Milwaukee Bucks. He has also collaborated with the Milwaukee Brewers, Green Bay Packers, Wisconsin Badgers, and has been directing his own motivational dance show called Elevation at Dominican High School for the past five years. After the break, Ashley and Christopher from Black Arts MKE. Welcome, Chris and Ashley, to Creative MKE. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you.
0: So excited to have you on to the show today to talk about Black Nativity and Black Arts MKE. But to get us started, I'm hoping that you can each take a moment to tell our listeners a short story of an arts experience that left a strong imprint on you.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness, Chris, you you want to go? I feel like you're inspirational.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me, guys. She's like start with me. Uh, well, I would say my first introduction to being on a stage with actual performers, which would be, I was maybe about eight or nine. My mom was teaching at NPS at Washington High School. She was the dance instructor slash so dance teacher slash mom to the kids. And I would always go to the school and watch them practice before they would perform at like halftime at the games and stuff. And worked up my courage to asking her to allow me to create and contribute to what's happening and not just in a way of like oh he's cute he's like a little mascot it's like no i want to feel this experience like because this is art that's happening uh and these kids are obviously they're in high school and they're on a different level and after working up that courage to ask her to allow me to do it she let me perform with them at one of the biggest games that season and so i would say through that the programming that she built over there that it was not just a dance program it was about life experiences and Applying that to your actual life outside of the the walls of that school, watching her create and form a a foundation beyond just the arts, even though that was the focus at first. And then being able to experience it, be a part of it, I would say that for me was that first moment of like realization, like you can do something more than just doing just steps. And when you allow a space for anybody, even at my young age, it says to a kid like me, I have a seat at the table. You know, mm. and when the time comes, you can actually apply yourself and not just feel like you got to stay on the sidelines, Uh, which speaks to why I'm an educator now and, and chose the role as a teacher because I saw the impact that she made with allowing kids, no matter how young that they are, uh, that they can speak up and understand that their voice can be applied as early as possible. You don't have to wait. So I would say that was that would be one of my first experiences that kind of spoke to me on artistic level that shifted my life to become exactly what it is in the, the lane of art that i chose to uh go with
0: mm. your mom must be so proud of you
2: kind of you know <laughs> just a little bit um <laughs> <laughs> she, it's
1: amazing she's amazing
2: uh, you know like you your kid like and she it was never like you need to be like me and like follow my path it was just kind of was like when you are exposed to something like that at a young age and it's that um empowering it just kind of compels you to feel like man, I got to feel like I need to do something with my voice that contributes to others, but also creates a space for everybody to feel comfortable and confident with who they are. And then having them use that and apply it in their own personal lives or or whatever project that you're working on. So I try to keep that same mindset with everything that I do whenever I walk into any space that I'm uh, creating in. And that is a creative space. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Amazing. Love it. I love hearing those types of stories. Um, My grandmother, you know, we, we, I was brought up in the church and she would always, whenever there was company or family members would come by, she was, (laughs) she was always having us perform, whether that was doing the skit or whatever the case may be. And it really brought out my, my talents and my gifts as far as being an actress and just loving the arts overall. Mm -hmm. Um, And later I became an educator, like very similar to what Chris was saying, and being able to see students, literally, I am getting that old <laughs> mm. <laughs> where I'm able to see sc- students who were in first, second grade, and now they're in high school uh, and they they may not necessarily want to be an actress or a dancer or whatever the case may be, but they're they have that that memory and also, um, just that, that inspiration to create art and know that they can do that. Um, because of course representation matters. So I Mm -hmm. think, you know, just those memories of, of my grandmother having us come on, get, get, get them for, (laughs) (laughs) come on in the living room and and perform something. It it really set the tone for, um, being involved in the arts.
0: Mm. Thank you. Well, you yeah. both have such incredibly rich histories in working within the arts and the field of the arts. I'd love if you could tell us about your trajectory, how you came to work as part of Black Arts MKE and how you see yourself and your role within the tapestry of the organization. Oh, yeah, that's loaded.
1: <laughs> um, I've been with, it'll be a year in January. I've been with Black Arts MKE for a year and I've all oh, I've seen always seen Black Nativity but i i didn't know exactly the impact that the organization had and uh miss sherry williams Panel, i've known her for a long time and she said um you know i i think that she would really flourish at this organization and so then um and i always thank her i'm very grateful to her because I always tell her I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. um and Barbara, who's our executive director, we had a couple of conversations, uh, interviews, but yet they were they were really genuine and authentic conversations. And it, the rest is history. The rest is history. and i I get to say that I love what I do, and mm-hmm. I wake up every single day hungry, hungry for that that passion and hungry to elevate our programming and and our arts. So Chris? <laughs> yeah.
2: um, I guess mine's would just piggyback off of where I kind of started with having that experience with my mom. One thing I've I've learned from her from watching her evolution as like an educator is like with every experience comes an outcome, and from that outcome comes growth. And that growth leads to you wanting more, you know, especially if you want it bad enough. So being in those hallways at those schools, seeing her going early, come home late, or allowing kids to have a place to stay if they needed somewhere to stay, or Mm -hmm. just giving them more opportunities to think more than only what they think that they only amount to or what their most people might tell them that they are. So for me to tie all that together, just my trajectory has always been in the field of giving. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my mindset is whenever I describe what I do, I say that I'm a motivational mover. Mm -hmm. Steps are cool steps are cool, but it's gotta be about the message. And that message has been shaped over time, you know, as the more and more that you project your voice, the more and more you find yourself, find your voice, you realize like it's it's not just about teaching steps, it's about guiding people to finding the best version of themselves, and then allowing them to embrace that on a day and day out kind of basis. And um, that just kind of put me in a lot of different spaces and I've always believed that like, if you have something that's beneficial, distribute it out to the masses. So I I just kind of always had this mindset. I just want to get to as many spaces as possible to spread that message, obviously of positivity, but individuality, mm-hmm. and uh, just working in a community enough. Obviously, like it's small here, so you're bound to reach and connect with the right people. Because I always believe good people always gravitate to good people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my my connection to Black Arts MKE was through uh, obviously Black Nativity, which was uh, five years ago. Twenty twenty didn't happen, unfortunately, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this is technically my fifth year, but the fourth time that we've been able to do this. And Malkia Stampley was the one that kind of like believed in me to just kind of say, Hey, I'm I'm in this new space, I'm in this director role. Uh, obviously she's known for her acting skills, profound, elite. Uh, but she was just like, I'm ready. I just want to add something different. I believe that you have a, the right voice for where I'm going and where 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 we're trending uh, as an establishment organization. And so those five years ago, that was kind of my start to or introduction to the world of Black Arts MKE, which to me obviously is everything because that representation is there. And I feel like everything that I've ever done is exemplifies what representation is mm. to the absolute fullest. Because uh, I had never seen anybody that looks like me doing what I'm doing from here. Mm. So mm-hmm. I don't take it lightly that I have a certain responsibility and that I must fully, fully invest into that every, with every single thing that I do in every single space that I walk into. So yeah, my trajectory is definitely based on. The foundation that my mom built, and then finally myself throughout all of that, and then ultimately being able to put yourself in spaces that help amplify what your voice can do and what it will do if you use it uh, for its true purpose, which mm-hmm. is to uplift others and have them see themselves in a different light, in a more clearer light, uh, so that they can use that uh, in the long run beyond just the stage or just the stage of life. I'll say that on and off stage.
0: Mm. That's a great segue to moving from thinking about the performers and you know, performers stepping into their power and owning their voices and sharing their talents and their gifts with the community to thinking about the audiences a little bit. So, you know, as audiences are beginning to now emerge from, you know, being locked down in the pandemic for such a long time, I would love to hear your thoughts on why it's so important to put forth this work, this work of Black Nativity for a Milwaukee audience at this moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that why not is a bad, is a better <laughs> question, right? Black Nativity is what to echo what Chris was saying is is so pivotal to our youth, our babies, and you know, I love Barb always tells this story of you know when we first started doing the student matinees for Black Nativity, so many of these babies literally were like, wait, those are real people. Mm. And that, when we are able to make that impact, where these babies are able to see people that look like them but not only look like them but are from where they are from, that are mm. local artists, local professional artists mm. we we really we have to continue that narrative, we have to continue to build and build, and each year. You know, um <laughs> we say it's bigger and it's better. And in every single year it really has been, even since I've been watching and, and supporting the show overall. So I think that the pandemic, you know, one year we we weren't able to do it, but the pandemic really, especially everything that transpired over the pandemic, right, with George Floyd. Things that have been going on, but really were televised. And so Black Nativity is a way to I would say give a voice to the voiceless. Mm.
2: Yeah, I I mean, it goes definitely back to what Ashley was saying about the why not, and also why not us. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's another one that I would add to it, because sometimes, like she was saying, kids are all oh, those real people, or goes back to what I was saying about the representation. Oh, we can be on that stage. We deserve to have that spotlight. We can be heard like that. We can be noticed like that. Like, yes, I think, yes, it definitely starts with us and the representation and connecting to The kids that look like us who never saw themselves beyond just the streets that they grew up on or just the neighborhood or just but for me it's just like bigger picture everybody realizing what their purpose is whether it's artistic or not and saying that there's something to connect to plus we were shut down Mm -hmm. like anything that you're doing now has to have real true purpose not saying it didn't before but even more so now so when you leave out of your house I want to make sure definitely as a choreographer or as a teacher or even a part of something such as this is like, it was worth it. You, that's why you left your house. That's why you woke up today to feel connected to something, to feel mm-hmm. real to something. I and mean, we're all in a space of wanting to connect or feel appreciated or valued and what better way to do that than to speak it through, uh, obviously the youth that we have in the show with the messages that we have that are actually, um, Genuinely, I think real. And I, I, the, my mindset—the uh the first thing that comes to mind—is this, this four R system that I kind of live my life by, and I see that in this show. Uh, and the first R is if you can make something relatable to someone. The second R, it becomes relevant. Anything that's relevant to you that speaks to you, there's some kind of connection there. Once it's relevant, it's real. Mm-hmm. When it's real, you're living it, it, you can digest it. There's something that you feel like it, it just—it is—it is you. And once it's real, they respect you. And so with our show every single year, it's not just speaking from only the black perspective. And yes, that is like the focal point, but we're speaking just overall. Let's look at us as our, as a whole in our spirits. Let's look at this, where we are, are going as people and how we treat each other. Are we being mindful of each other's worth? Are we making enough space to say, yes, you deserve to be here. and This representation is here. And yes, you do matter. Like, how can we all relate to that? And I'm like, we all do. We all speak on it. Just like Ashley said, 2020 just like pretty much televised. It just put it on on blast and so every single year and especially this year you the best way i can describe it is that you're going to get the full spectrum of blackness mm. so mm-hmm. if you want to jump into delorean with us trust me <laughs> it's gonna be quite a ride, and you're gonna see every possible uh connection to what makes us who we are why we choose to be unapologetically black every day but also choosing to figure out what's your reason for being here what's real to you what do you connect mm. to what do you relate to, as like I was saying? Um, and I think that that's, that's always key. And like I said, you're coming out of the house, so you might as well make it count. You might as well make it worth Every time that I teach a class, it's like, I'm not just here to teach you a two-step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, you can watch, you can go on YouTube and do that. So it's like, if you're choosing to be in that space, it has to be something that makes, is worth your time and shows you your worth throughout all of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I say that all of that is needed, especially in a time where, we're just now getting somewhat back to some the new abnormal I won't say old normal, <laughs> I won't say new abnormal, like whatever that you know that this is, and if that didn't shake you up, then I don't know the last few years as far as just waking you up, then I don't know what to tell you, so yeah, for me, it's like showing that there's more to it, showing why we should be here, showing what happens when we are united and and just and telling the perspective of of our story, I think that's always. Uh, important because everybody wants that representation. Everybody does. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
2: It doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like, like, like I said, who doesn't want to be appreciated or valued? Everybody does. If you can do that in a creative way, it's inviting. You're not shoving it down people's throats and it's welcoming. Mm. You, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't get any better than that mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So, and that's what Black Nativity does every single year.
0: Amazing. Theatrical productions are so incredible because they combine dance music acting and it's like this completely immersive experience for the audience right and it's a community experience at the same time so you're sitting next to your neighbors and you know people you've never met before and your friends and your family and you're all taking in you know this powerful poetry and something that is absolutely real it's happening before your eyes and it has the power to be such a a strong mirror of the human experience. so i I think theatrical productions are it's like the apex of of art forms, right? Because it brings all these different things together, and you experience it as a community. Ashley, I would love to hear from you as well. For those who are listening who may be a little bit familiar with Langston Hughes, you know, maybe not familiar with this production, maybe not familiar with this his this particular work. What can audiences expect from an experience seeing? You got to see it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I think, I think what, what Chris has been saying, you know, you will see something in, in our theme is that this year is unapologetically Black. Every year is unapologetically mm. Black. But I think it, it fits into our mission. Um and part of our mission to Chris is one of Chris's ours is relevant, right? Mm-hmm. And so this year's Black Nativity, Black Nativity is culturally relevant, um, and I think that we talked a lot about the youth, but we also don't want to forget about our our elders and mm-hmm. who um, really will be able to mm-hmm. and see the things that are on stage and see the core. I mean, the choreography, Chris has done a a gorgeous job. I mean, it makes you just want to catapult out of your seat and get up there and start <laughs> start dancing. Sometimes I'm sitting behind the table and I'm like, yeah, I have to go up there and do that. <laughs> um, but then I'm like, no,
3: I so can't do that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so I think that this year we will be able to see so it's something for everyone. And there are moments where you'll be able to see different items and props that are on the stage as well as the movement. And it all ties in together. And um, our our musical director, Antoine, has done a a gorgeous job with the music and reinventing Mm -hmm. some of those songs that, you know, may be considered old school, if you will. Mm -hmm. But now he's, he's put a new spin on it. And I think that that, like I said, it really will relate to our, our babies, but then also our elders will also be like, oh, I remember that song. Right. And they will ignite those memories. Um, and, and of course our director, Damonte Henning, he's done a gorgeous job with creating this story, right. Mm-hmm. right? And re- really making sure that we, we see the baby Jesus and, um, yeah, so I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> I think there's a little bit of everything for everyone, and I'm excited to see the re- see and hear the reactions and
3: the awesome. audience. Awesome.
1: Did awesome. I miss anything, Chris? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, I think I think that pretty much speaks for itself. I think the only thing I would add is like that it's a reminder um, that that table has enough seats. Yeah, and there's plates and there's enough for somebody uh, whoever. Like I said, whether you are Uh, spiritual or not you still have a you still have every right to sit down and sit next to me whether you know my backstory or whether you feel connected to me or not um which is why i love teaching hip hop because the the uh hip hop's an acronym for higher infinite power healing our people Mm -hmm. art is a power that is higher uh that takes us higher but it also is empowering and it is um Elevates us in a way to bring everybody, or just people from all walks of life, to the same space to create, or listen, or to educate, or to exchange. And this the show this year is definitely oh I've seen that, or oh, I've been there, or oh, I know somebody, or so everyone. Which goes back to the r's It's it's relatable to everybody. So and when you can do that, then it's just like we can all meet at a mutual ground and extend and, and um, uh, obviously extend to others and elevate and exceed beyond just what we only know or what we only think that we can do uh, as a community, especially in a space like Milwaukee, of all places, which you need that more than ever. And so when you can do that and no one feels excluded and you're not only speaking to one just specific demographic and it's like, oh, this is for everybody, even mm-hmm. though might say, oh, it's, it's Black Nativity, so they might only assume that it's just like, no, no, it's just told from this perspective, but the mm-hmm. voice in the space is for everybody.
3: Mm-hmm. That's, a,
2: that's what the true calling is as far as uh, healing and it being a spiritual experience is about elevating people just like hip hop, like mm-hmm. a higher influence of power that's healing people through sound, through art, through uh, dance, you know, every artistic avenue. So that's what mm-hmm. the show is sometimes it might only just be about the dance or it might only be about the singing, but it's like, no, it's bringing all those components together and allowing yourself to find yourself within, within through all of this or within all of it. Uh, and hopefully, walking out of there feeling like a a better version of yourself than how you did when you walked in there that day. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Well, I have heard some names dropped throughout this conversation, but I'd love to give you guys a, each a chance to just call out some of your collaborators, show some love to the people who have made this production possible.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause I was there, but I'm like, Oh my goodness. I can't. Cause there's so <laughs> many, we really, this year we really have, I mean, every year has, like I said, it, it just keeps getting bigger and better, right. and mm. developing and growing. But this year we really have a dream team. Um, <clears throat> what I would call and what I would say. So I definitely cannot forget about, um, our costume designers, Kendo and Vato, who are local, uh, what I would call movers and shakers. Right. So they have Created costume. I don't even know how they do it. Like I ask them all the time because there's 22 people on the cast. <laughs> so how do you remember? And there's so many different costume changes. So Kendall and Bato have done a wonderful job with not only incorporating African pieces, right, but also incorporating local um black-owned brands, which I think is really cool. Um and, and exciting and exciting because like like Chris was saying, you know, you're able to be in the audience and say, oh yeah, I recognize that, you know, um, which is really amazing. And then of course our stage management team, which is Kathy and Melena, um, and and they, you know, keep us on track. <laughs> because there's so much to cover you really only have about three and a half weeks maybe and there's so much to cover in that amount of time um so so it's really it's really something and of course i can't forget miss rebecca who is our chief development officer who ensures that all of these artists are paid right Mm. which is really important um especially in the the arts realm and mm-hmm. so Rebecca makes sure that all of our artists and our, our cast and crew are paid and then I personally have to shout out our interns mm-hmm. Miss um, Dion and Tab and they are young interns who are hungry and who want to learn the business mm-hmm. and they're also artistic and they um, intern with us year long, right? And so they just make sure all of our props are together all of our, right, because we have COVID guidelines that we have to um, handle and abide by and so they make sure that we are on point as far as that and I I think I shot it out and of course <laughs> the cat. You're amazing. <laughs> but yes, anyone else I forgot, Chris, please
2: try in. Uh, I mean, yeah, you have uh, Madeline Yee. She's working
1: oh, uh,
2: yes. oh, on the stage <laughs> together. Uh every year she gives us something. She's pulling from different spaces and different um mm-hmm. companies here in Milwaukee to help recreate the stage and give it a new life. Uh mm-hmm. basically every year. You got Ron help her obviously construct and put all those pieces yes. together, the yeah. column of lights, uh which that is another aspect because as the show has grown, like, uh, he's been able to give us like more of like it feels like a circus soleil kind of feel. So he's yeah got some some new stuff that he's like pulling out, out of his sleeve this year. So he's gonna light us a little bit different. So yeah, it's it's all those like working pieces that uh, most might be like, oh, that's you know a little thing here, a little thing there. Nope, but they make the bigger picture what it is. So it's nothing little yeah. about what they do. Mm, yeah. Um sometimes they don't get the acknowledgement or you don't see don't let, see their names until you look into the you know brochure. But it's like no, they're just as key to it um with making this whole thing become a reality from mm. just a you know, X yeah. amount of months ago, uh with all the talking and stuff. So yeah, it's all these it's all these working parts. And everybody's when you talk about representation, they're all from different spaces. Yeah. They all represent different parts of the community here. Yeah. Um that is what's also key you know so otherwise what are we actually doing i've always believed like if it's not us then who is it then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we really are actually going to say that we know and understand the true value of our community then we got to be open to everybody Mm -hmm. and how other people to to come in and and contribute so Mm -hmm. otherwise we're not truly going to grow if we only just stick to what we know
0: i think both your answers really touched on an aspect of the art sector that i think is is very overlooked and unsung and part of the motivation of this podcast is really to try to highlight uh-huh. these stories and these you know dense webs of organizations and individuals who are resourcing and empowering each other and and sharing their specialties and sharing their gifts you know through a network and so i love what you shared about drawing on local business makers so that's just one example of a way in which Black Arts MKE is supporting the local economy and is, you know, ingrained in the local economy and, and moving things in the right direction. So I'm just wondering if you you all have any more thoughts about that and, and the role that that this organization plays in, in our creative economy here in Milwaukee.
3: Yeah,
1: I, I just want to run it back one time. Um, we're... I don't want to forget about Maz, who is our he's going to co-light design with Colin. And he what I love, what part of our mission is pipelining those next generation of students, right? Okay. So I think Black Arts MKE is feeding the the local creative economy because we are creating a lot of new things, right? So part of our season, um, we will do our first the Black History Month matinees, and that will focus on the Harlem Renaissance, right? Mm. And that um, is going to be written by Milena Moore. And so very excited about that and focusing on that history. and schools from all over milwaukee and all over wisconsin will be able to attend that Mm. and it will be at no charge to these students and i think that that's that's really important right because black history is history okay Mm. um i also will say that we will have our our world premiere wisconsin so be on the lookout for that and that'll be in april of this year right so again hiring those local artists but also creating work that is relevant but also Mm. relatable and um that's real and and that is um that will be able to be talked about for generations to come and then of course we'll have our IM summer camp we're really excited about that we're collab we're doing a lot more collaborations now Mm -hmm. which is exciting and then this year well excuse me 2023 we this season I will say we will bring back Milwaukee Black Theater Festival, which mm. happens in the summertime. And it starts off with our youth and family night. And it's really going to be powerful this year. We will have full productions. Last year we did stage readings, but this year we're going to take it up another level, mm. right? Bigger mm-hmm. and better. And we will have full productions. So we are working towards really massaging and cultivating those next generation of artists along with those who have already came and been before us and continue to foster that mentorship as well. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Chris, did you want to add anything about the, the impact of Black Arts MKE on the creative economy?
2: Yeah. What I realize is that, especially in a, a city like Milwaukee, a lot of people only stay on their side of town. They're only in the spaces that they know best or that they feel most comfortable in. Mm. Uh, with going back to the whole representation, you know, uh, focus those kids that never would probably step foot downtown or at all in the market center now have a reason to go into the market center
3: mm-hmm.
2: because they feel like, oh, there's a space for me there. Or when you see big names like Hamilton or you see uh, Le May like, okay, I never thought that I would see myself in something like that. But then it's like there's a space and there's um uh in a physical office uh and here's an opportunity for you to feel like you just aren't just passing through or just filling a seat in the space. Now and I can I can especially with or with the way Ashley was talking about with the outreach and all those opportunities and the programs now that's inviting the kids like I said that sometimes may not see more for themselves can see more for themselves through something that represents them mm-hmm. uh entirely And that's what's key. Uh, And obviously, Black Arts, is investing into other people, not just themselves or only people that look like them, which is, like I said, the true value behind understanding what your community has to offer. When you look beyond just only what you know or only playing it safely, only what you know. I know that over the last few years that I've been a part of the organization, it's like it's a constant uh, fight to say, look, there's more out there. This person here. Let's make this connection here. Let's just not keep it only in-house.
3: Mm-hmm. if you only stay
2: in the house and only stick with what you know and you only use the same stuff that you always use, you only go so far. You're giving, this, you're giving yourself a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times, and this is just in general too in Milwaukee, we say, oh, we have a ceiling because we're not the coast. Mm-hmm. We're not this. And it's like, no, you can create so much within your own house, but then you also got to be not afraid to cross the street
3: to
2: mm-hmm. listen a little bit more, to be willing to say like, okay, so what do you, what do you offer That we don't have because it's always something that you don't know and it's always somebody that has something that no one else has you can't do that unless you are like i said open to the idea of outreach making investments uh which obviously that starts with yourself but then also stepping outside of just your own bubble so i would say that's what black arts mks has offered is seeing that there's more than only just only what you see here or this this what we're being told that we're limited to here there's a whole world out there so you can tell me that this is only so much or this is it's only as good as this when it's so much more out there so but that's on us you know as a whole Mm -hmm. that's everybody not just Mm -hmm. that organization every single person seeing it and having the willingness
0: each of us as a part of the creative fabric here owning that perspective owning that mindset that intention of pooling resources and yeah crossing the street i love that well since our time is winding down here, I want to just make sure to ask how audiences can find out more information about about Black nativity and how can they learn more? How can they get involved? How can they get tickets? Yeah.
1: So blackartsmke.org. There's a start, right? You can find our season and all of the information about our matinees, um, our programming, because we do programming inside of the schools as well. Educational programming mm. focused around African drumming and all of that. So if you want to find out more, blackartsmke.org, which you can also, because we are, um, have a residency at the Market Center. You can also go to the Market Center for the Performing Arts right in that search bar. You type in Black Nativity or
0: Black Arts MKE and you can find all the information that you need to know. Awesome. So we just have time for one more question. And um, I'm going to ask you to just answer in a few words if you can. So as a guest on Creative MKE Podcast, for just the next couple minutes, I'm going to make you the city's imaginary leader of arts and culture. So again, your tenure only lasts for the rest of this episode. So what is the first priority for a policy that you'd pass?
1: (coughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a loaded question, Chris. You asked. That. <laughs> That's okay. I, there's so many. There's so many things. There's so many things, but I would say that every artist, the the biggest thing, and I've experienced it being an artist myself. I would say ensuring that there is work quality. Let me add that quality work for. Every artist, actress, dancer, singer, mm. whomever that is year round, year mm-hmm. round, so that they're able to feed their families, but also so that they're able to do what they love and do what they're passionate about and spread that in a mm. um, in an economical, but also in a an
0: impactful way. Mm. And stay in Milwaukee, right? It's, yeah. We want our artists exactly. to stay here. So Absolutely. Exactly. Chris, do you have anything to add?
2: I got five words for you. Allow space to create space. Mm. If I can't see myself in that space or if I'm not allowed in that space, how can I create in a space with others so that I can create more for all of us? Like it has to be there. I've, I've been asked that question before. How do we do that? Well, there's always somebody in power that has the ability to offer the space they have to have the willingness to offer and allow someone in that space, whether they're qualified or not. We all got to learn, right? We all got to start somewhere to get somewhere. So it's allowing me to be in that space so I can create in that space so that I, I can create for myself first, but also create for others to have something more.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun talking with both of you. I'm really excited about this production. I can't wait to to be in the Marcus Center and experience Yay! it. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes! Wow. everybody know.
0: Thank you both for your work and and thanks again for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a reading and review or contact us. Creative MKE is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Elizabeth Gasparka. The show's theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or Facebook, Imagine MKE.